Um, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Alice Jones. I'm the arts editor of I, um, and I'm joined by the BAFTA-winning team behind this country. We've got Tom George, the director, Holly Atkins, who is our new character, Sandra, uh, Simon Mayhew, Archer, the producer, Charlie Cooper, obviously, Curtin, and the vicar himself, Paul Chahidi. Um, <laughs> welcome. Um, I'm just going to be asking a few questions tonight about the special that you've just seen, and there will be a chance at the end for you to ask questions, so have a think about anything you might want to ask. Um, so to start with, tell me about why you decided to do this special. Did you, did you feel like you had to... Because there was a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of the last series with Kerry. <coughs> yeah, it was. I think it, most the main reason was Daisy having a baby. <laughs> So it was sort of, uh, yeah. rather than going into writing a first series, I think it was sort of uh, keep the ball rolling, do a, a special, and then do first series next year. So, um, and also to be able to wrap up what happened in the last episode of series two, um, which actually was scripted, and we did film it in a different way. Um, of that last episode, we, uh, it was written that we resolved what happened in that episode and that Martin went to prison and that Kerry testified against him. And I think it, we got into the edit, and I think it was Simon's idea. It sort of felt too, um, it resolved too quickly, and I think it's so invested in the story, and you almost see it coming. So I think um, it was sort of the perfect uh, reason to do the special and sort of explain the aftermath and that, really. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, uh, right. and, and how was it different then just doing a kind of single one? It's slightly longer than the normal format. Like, mm, what, yeah. were there some challenges? Were there some good things, bad things? Tom, perhaps you could... Yeah, it was, it was good. It was challenging. Um, the, longer, the longer duration was different, wasn't it? Mm. it? It sort of took us more time in the scripting to find the sort of shape of it because it's kind of got to have an extra act on it and that took, that took some yeah, time. Yeah, I think being a specialist got to have enough weight behind it to justify being a special. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So that was always quite difficult. And we had various other ideas that we sort of binned off. And then it sort of came together quite quickly as soon as, soon as we sort of um, focused on the sort of Sandra element and the fact that Martin's been playing both Kerry and her. So Also, you've only got the one episode. Like, when you're doing a series, we'll often, like, obviously start on episode one get so far with it and go, oh, God, this is never going to be good. And go, oh, let's have a little look at episode two and sort of get things going again and get excited about that and then come back to episode one a couple of weeks later. That's yeah. pretty normal for us. Um, this time, there was nowhere to go. <laughs> no, <laughs> so it was just like... Well, it was, for a long time, we fell into the trap of thinking it's a special, so therefore they've got to go and do something special. Yeah. And then eventually the sort of penny dropped with all of us that actually, a This Country special should be even more mundane <laughs> than a regular episode. But there's a bit of a happy ending for both of them, which I suppose at the end of the last series there isn't so much. And before, you know, and Curtin's sort of going to leave the village in mm. season one and then he doesn't go. And so this felt a bit more like, you know, there was a bit more of a resolution, I suppose, than you've had before. Was that, was that something you wanted to reach for, do you think? Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, you, you can't leave every, the end of everything sort of on a sad note, really. So we had to do something different. But, yeah, and then it gives us, for third series, sort of a clean um, slate to work from. Because I think that was one of the challenges, is tying up the loose ends, and we didn't have a blank page, and that was quite frustrating. So, it, you know, it could have gone in many different ways. There was an idea at one point where <laughs> the vicar takes Kerry and Curtin and Len camping. 
<laughs> we, we got about halfway through the script, and we're like, it's not working, is it? <laughs> but there were some good scenes in the car with Len, which maybe we'll do third series. Actually, and there was a good scene where the vicar gets pissed on red wine. <laughs> yeah, there was. Did yeah. you actually do this scene, or was it? No. No, no, no. no, no, no. no. We just wrote it. Yeah. yeah. Could still happen, I suppose. Yeah, vicar's yeah. really started opening up about issues he has with his own father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I suppose series three, there's going to be a whole episode just of the vicar singing. I, I hope. Not. I, I really hope not. We're going to take it live around the country. Yeah. Um, but I was. I mean, you're quite struck in this episode and in in the previous series that the vicar is this kind of solid heart of of what's going on, and he's this kind of kind, benevolent figure that kind of holds all the rest of it in place. Mm. Um, do you think that has something? Do you think that's why people kind of have loved this series and are kind of quite passionate about it? Do you think it's got something to do with that sort well, of kind of? Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, it's one of the elements. I mean, I think one of, one element running through the whole series and with all the characters is how, how whichever direction each of the characters go in, there is a warmth to them and mm. to the writing, and you feel endearing, endeared towards them. And uh, yeah, the vic the vicar is this. I mean, I just wish I had his patience in real life. But, you know, he's, he's flawed as well, as you saw in the last series with his son. And, uh, but, you know, I think there is this very strong bond where all these flawed people are finding this common ground uh, through various struggles. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a dysfunctional relationship he's got, the vicar, with his own son. And I think there's a very strong sort of father-son type relationship with... with Kerry, mm. uh, uh, Curtin, and also with, with, with Kerry, you know, it's that parental thing. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think you need someone who is going to be a slight voice of reason <laughs> around the madness. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And, Holly, you're obviously new this, uh, this series. Is, is there going to be more, Sandra? Is that the idea? Are you a character now for... I mean, I season? can only cross my fingers and <laughs> hope for lots of... Twitter comments, maybe, that would encourage <laughs> that to happen. But how is it kind of joining what is essentially a family in, in more ways than one? Is it? Did you... It's just, I mean, it's like, it just felt like Christmas, really. Or a bit like, um, a bit like Alice in Wonderland going through the looking glass, because it's obviously a programme that I'd fallen in love with way before I knew that I was ever going to have an opportunity to be in it. And so I sort of imagined Sandra and been watching it with everyone else. And so then it was quite surreal then getting a call saying, can you put yourself on tape? And how did you imagine her? Like if you had to kind of describe Sandra on paper, like what's, what's her character? Just really long suffering and um, yeah, really long suffering and probably uh, has as I think we start to discover quite a lot in common with Kerry um, mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, maybe more in common than she'd think or that Martin's ever let them realise before. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just wonderful. And I was very lucky. My very first uh, scene that I did was with Paul. So I had the big heart um, to be with <laughs> on my first day, which was... But everybody is... You know, they are obviously some people actually are family. Yeah. Um, but they but everybody feels like a big welcoming family, not a cliquey family, the sort of family that would have you around on Christmas Day and you'd feel by the end of the day like you were one of them. 
and they'd make sure they'd bought you a present as well. You know, you feel totally included. Good to be fair, yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. going to make me cry. Good. <laughs> and Tom, I mean, it's quite interesting because it is obviously, it's a cast of, of sort of variety of performers, isn't it? Because you've got yeah, Holly and Daisy yeah. at the centre of it who are siblings and have their kind of sibling rivalries like all brothers and sisters, I guess. Mm. Um, and then other members of the family... Professional actors, you've brought yeah. in people, Trevs, local yeah. people, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Colin. Len. Yeah. Three cheers for Trevor Colin. <laughs> yeah. Um, is, that, is that kind of an unusual dynamic to work with? Is that something you've It's definitely unusual, before? yeah. Um, Have you ever had to kind of mediate disputes, family disputes? Oh, yeah, yeah all the time, yeah. <laughs> That's sort of my, one of my key, I'd put it she in the top five is, things yeah. I do. <laughs> Mainly between him and Daisy. Yeah. Um, but no, it's like, it, I think it's the sort of joy behind so much of it, or certainly we've tried to, um, to learn from it. And we were talking about it earlier, um, you know, with Daisy and Charlie in particular at the centre of the show, it's like you cannot buy or fake the 30 years of sibling sort of rivalry and, behave, and you know, sort of togetherness that they've had. And I think you see that throughout and that was a big sort of uh, big part of what made the, the, the whole series a success certainly the first series so when we got to the end of the first series it, you know it was like a big challenge for us was how can we bring new people into the cast but and and kind of capture some of some of that spirit and not dilute it down and not make it feel like it's turning into sort of just another tv show we, we you know we sort of it's important that that stuff underneath the surface fuels the characters. So yeah, that's that's something that we've really sort of put a high priority on. It's part of the sort of way we work in, particularly in rehearsals and, and sort of and, and in casting as well. We try and cast people true to themselves as much as possible, or at least make sure there's a core element of them that they're yeah. bringing to the character. Um, and then well, rehearsals sort of kind of try and yeah bring them into that into the fold. Yes, yeah, so like, for example, in the second series, the character of Dan, Martin's builder mate, oh, yeah. um, in the end was played by an actor called Jimmy Walker. And up until quite late in the casting process, that character had been called Roger and had been uh, older, sort of Martin's age, and it had never quite worked and it hadn't felt right. And then we changed it to make it younger. But when we were casting for Rogers, we, we met Colin... And so when we were doing the special, we thought, right, we've got a man of a certain age who lives on his own in the woods. <laughs> who would be perfect for that? <laughs> but it, because, you know? we'd, because he had exactly the right sort of tone and style and kind of attitude, it was like straight away, you've, you're building up all the time a sort of bank of actors that you go, oh, they'd be great in this country. And has the village, has, have they got used to you being there now? Because obviously this has got a few more locations in it, I suppose. There's the, there's the gym. Mm. And, um, <laughs> that's still, that's still on Kerry's Road. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, just like that's number one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you, there's more at the Bowls Club, I suppose, the woods. You know, is, are you sort of having to find new places to, to go around there? Or are you, are you trying to stay pretty close within the village? I mean, really... There is, that village is so perfect because it's kind of, kind of got everything you need. It, I mean, I'm going to completely counter and contradict myself because it doesn't have a bowls club, so we do have to go to another village <laughs> to get the bowls club. But the rest of it is kind of all there. 
And it's that thing, what we try when we, you know, in terms of story and when you're you know, finding locations for a particular scene, if you can't find the location, then that makes you go, okay, well, hang on, is the, is the story going to become too much of a, a cheat, as it were? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we, like, we, had to, we cheated in the second series with um, the old lady running the tourist office. Because we couldn't, there, there wasn't a tourist office, and then we couldn't find a sort of suitable venue, so we we just put it in the kind of parish hall, and that felt just yeah, dodgy. it was dicey. We were like, yeah. eh, I'm not sure about this. So in future, I think we'll always try and play the reality. Really, mm-hmm. and Daisy's obviously had a baby quite mm-hmm. recently. So was that? Have you? Did you have to kind of work around that? Was it more of a challenge to shoot it than? Yeah, now we've got two fucking big babies. And, <laughs> um, no, yeah, it was. It really was. It was, um, yeah, trying to sort of juggle that at the same time. I mean, she doesn't actually do anything because our mum, you know, and her partner Will, he's amazing, sort of changes her nappies and stuff. And I do stuff, so she doesn't actually do anything. But uh, no. <laughs> No, but it's, oh, that's, she's not ever done that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, cool, yeah, it's a massive uh, thing. <laughs> the baby as well. <laughs> um, yeah. But I wondered, I mean, when I... In some of the earlier interviews you did about this country, when you started out, you, you talked a lot about the fact that the, the show basically came out of you both being at home you know, not sure what to do with yourselves yeah. and, and writing kind of your frustrations out, basically, and it becoming this great show. But now that you're, you know, we're here at BAFTA tonight, you've won all these awards, you presumably could do whatever you like. Is it is it harder now to write because you haven't got that kind of frustration or desperation um, that you, oh you had before? I mean, living there, I mean, I still live there now, it's just it's enough to last a lifetime <laughs> of like, fucking frustration. <laughs> but I can't escape it, which is really sad. Um, but no, it's, it's got such a strong identity, and you don't realise that until you, you know, come to London or go anywhere else or live anywhere else. So, no, we've, I mean, we're always writing down ideas, so we've got, um, well, we've still got a lot of that anger left and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people that we need to um, sort of, uh, what's the word? Uh, Punish. Throw under the bus. Throw under the bus <laughs> would be better, but yeah. So it's a kind of constantly Constant, refilling. Yeah, totally, pot. yeah. Because obviously we're talking about third series now. Mm. When when roughly is that? Has that got a kind of date on it or? To to make it. Yeah, or to uh, next year. To see it next year. Sort of, yeah. TBC. Not, TBC, but. Right. But are you already kind of? Have you already got sort of things sketched out that you? Yeah, you I mean, do? yeah, a few Can you ideas. Give us a tiny idea of anything Kerry and Curtin get <laughs> embroiled in. I 100% will be pushing to get Charlie shirtless again. <laughs> He always wants it's not this. It's not of this country if Curtin doesn't at some point take his shirt off for no reason. I actually do want to talk about the costumes a bit because they are incredible, like Kerry and Curtin's look. So who, how does that come about? Um, well, we've got an amazing costume department. Um, we obviously get all the clothes in. Um, I think when, when we did the first series, we, me and Daisy made sure, I mean, all four of us made sure that we had sort of a detailed sort of uh, clothing plan for each of the characters and... I mean, all the characters are based on truth and people we know, people we've uh, you know, bumped into in the past, so you sort of immediately know what they're going to wear and stuff like that. And I think a lot of like curtain stuff I just found in charity shops around Sirencester and it's like that. There's a wealth of it, so, you know, <laughs> no fears and Mackenzie's and stuff like that. So, 
but yeah, it's such a, you know, um, love doing that, you know, it's a complete world and going into the detail and stuff and the backstories of the characters, it's all part of it. And do you still write in the same way? Do you just kind of just sit down the two, like, has that yeah. changed your kind of way of... Yeah, doing? I'm typing still, Daisy's still lying on the bed, <laughs> vaping. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly the same. I mean, I, it's like, it's, when, it's sort of chaos, really. I mean, there's a lot of sort of like tears writing this special <laughs> from both of me and Daisy and um, these guys as well, probably. But I, we get it done in the end. I think there's a lot of like going around in circles a little bit, but there's no sort of real method. It just somehow it gets done. Fuck knows how. Um, I mean, in the credits, it always says that it's the kind of four of you, yeah. Daisy, Charlie, Thomas, Simon, but then it also says additional material, the cast. So, like, do you, Paul, for example, would you get involved in, yeah. in the writing of it and the well, development of it? Or? Not so much writing, but I'd say the way, the way Tom and Simon and Charlie and Daisy work is that, you know, we'll, with any given scene, we'll, we'll shoot a scene maybe four times, and the fourth time or, or the fifth time, will nearly always be a version where Tom says, let's mess it up a bit and improvise a bit, keeping roughly on track with the script, but feel free to, to improvise mm -hmm. and just see where that leads you, and they'll just keep the camera running. So you get extra material that way, but um, that's the kind of input we as the cast have in terms of the material. And some of it, I mean, a lot of it will end up on the cutting room floor, but some of it's still in there. I mean, for instance, in that one, I think quite a bit of the car stuff with Kerry yeah. was improvised, you know, and it, that went on for hours. <laughs> You've just seen a small snippet of it. But yes, and it's a lovely free way of working, you know, which uh, is initially a bit scary because if you haven't done it before, which I hadn't done a huge amount, you kind of go, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And after a while, you get totally addicted to it. It's a lovely way of working, especially when you trust each other so much, mm -hmm. which we do. And what's the future for, for Martin Mucklow? Because obviously he's paid by your real dad, yeah. Paul Cooper. <laughs> How does he feel about kind of becoming the... Re I mean, he's become a real villain now. Yeah. It's really bad. He, it's it's so, he, um, like, he catastrophizes it so much, but he, after the second series, <laughs> and the, <laughs> he thought that he was going to get sort of attacked in the streets. <laughs> like, no one knows who you are. Fucking <laughs> hell. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I mean, he's always sort of suggesting storylines for his character, which is really annoying. But um, I don't know. Perhaps we'll see him, you know, on sort of coming out at some point. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And what does the future... I mean, obviously, we've talked about a third series, but is this something that you kind of feel... Is there an infinite amount in it? Do you want to kind of do a, you know, a faulty towers and kind of say enough's enough at a certain point? Like, what, what's your... Yeah, feeling at this moment. Yeah, I mean, you never want to get to the point where you're sort of struggling and you're sort of flogging a dead horse. But um, we'll see. I, I think until we start writing the first series, we'll know if there's more in it after that. But um, we've, we have sort of done that uh, J.K. Rowling thing now, finally, of like, we know yeah. where we end, yeah. don't we? So, oh. so I can so They all that. die. He drives us all, drives them all off a cliff. <laughs> While singing. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think it's probably time to open it up to the floor. We've got some microphones. If you put your hand up, then they'll get the microphone to you before you start speaking. It's probably the best way. Yeah. Great. 
think some of us would like to see the Mucklows at Christmas, and I wondered if that might be on your <coughs> agenda. Yeah, I mean... We have, we've talked we, about that. Yeah, we've definitely yeah. talked about it. Hard to resist. <laughs> well, we, we love the, the... The hugely appealing thing is the kind of infinite the infinite number of mucklows that might be out there. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's people like, yeah, there's, yeah. That's, a, that's a rich vein that could be tapped at any point. As one, yeah. I, I really, 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 really enjoyed it. Um, what I wondered was, you know, when you put those captions up where it says about rural isolation and, you know, eight out of 10 people don't go to the shops anymore, all that kind of stuff. Do you graph that on afterwards or do you put the episode around a thought about some stat that you found? It's, yeah, completely backwards engineered. And that one, I mean, Tom and I sit in the edit <laughs> and sort of generally will watch through with a view on where, quite often they're used purely as a pause because you're like doing some handbrake turn from like a bit of plot to another bit of plot and you think, Oh, we can maybe disguise that with a fat card. Um, and then we'll look at the overall. Am I revealing too much you're about You're kidding that? the magic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 hang on, sorry. We close the curtain. Yes, we think about it, and we have them all crafted in advance, and it's all very well, very well considered. Um, but no, then we'll look at the sort of overall theme of the episode. And, and then, we Google, then we Google to see if there's some research that's been done in that particular area. Yeah. Mainly there hasn't. And then we string something together from uh, yeah. what we can. That, that one's particularly tenuous. And, it's, we feel, <laughs> the, the reason we're wedded to them, and lots of people have told us to get rid of them throughout, throughout the, the sort of process of doing the first series, second series, and so on, is just to like kind of keep rooting it back in that documentary, um, in the realism of the documentary form, and remind ourselves, say, look, there's, there's this sort of, you know, yeah, there's a documentary, and, and trying to, yeah. It just reminds us constantly to play, to stick to the rules and not take things to places the documentary crew. That's a big part of our whole process is often thinking, like, it's really trying to use those rules to generate interesting stuff rather than going, oh, well, the, the crew can be in the bedroom this time because whatever, it's the third series or the special or whatever. So, yeah, we're always trying to, trying to stick to those rules and find interesting ways of solving problems then rather than just going, oh, yeah. And I, I still find it funny, the idea that there is some poor documentarian called Graham who thinks he's making a really serious documentary. <laughs> yeah. You're not, Graham. <laughs> One on the front row. Um, Sorry. <clears throat> what made you not have a theme tune for when the credits start and then when they end? It just got this silence. It was our budget. <laughs> uh, literally. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Was it? Yeah, partly. No, no I, it, was, it was purely... I, I just don't think of a... We were going to. I think the, we were never going to have a title um, tune because quite early on we liked the idea of the sort of... The, the, what's called the cold open, the bit that comes before the card and then just hitting the card and that being really simple. But actually, when we were in the edit for the first series, the, it was still on the table whether we might get someone to commission something, whether we might put the whistles <laughs> under the thing at the end. And it was like, I think we, had we just, I think it was did we just leave that Atmos in at first and then mm. feel like, as a sort of like, oh, okay, maybe there'll be music here, we'll send it out and see, we'll worry about that later. Because at first you're just trying to get the story right and get the whole episode working. Yeah, that, you had that um, song, that 
Paul did. The, the good guy, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That worked really well. Um, yeah, but, but then we had... That none. was like a... Yeah, we liked yeah. that because it was a one-off. Because he finishes on a song, it felt like the right thing to do to... Mm -hmm. And because also it's a song that's played in the show rather than sort of some, you know, bit of title music that we've taken from elsewhere. So, yeah, it felt like a, a nice opportunity to bend the rule, but, you know, in a way that felt sympathetic with the form. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you like it not having a theme tune? Would you prefer a theme tune? What would you have? I know... He always sends you a text, but if... Paul Barnes. Paul Barnes. Oh, Paul Barnes. Do you know Paul Barnes? He... Uh, from the Twitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the right thing. That's where this is going. Any other questions? There's a couple... One up the stairs there. Yep. Oh, right, yeah, sorry, we'll go to you. This is a question, not a pitch for yeah, the, <laughs> a music commission. question. I've got no musical talent. Um, uh, Charlie, you were talking about your dad being a bit scared, but what kind of things do people come up to you and say when you're on the street? And, and the other question was, among all your celebrity fans, are there people queuing up to get cameo roles? People like Benedict Cumberbatch, perhaps? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, well, first... Um, people, um, no, I mean, anyone who comes up to me is so far being complimentary, so nothing weird, I don't think, which is quite nice. Um, and celebrity camera, what do you mean, like people who like the show or people who want to... Putting them in the show. Um, it just no. feels like it would be wrong for the show, it's like, we... Yeah, you would take it, you would... First series, no one wanted to be in it because no one knew what it no. was. Second series, yeah, some people wanted to be in it, but it just feels like it would be... A, you know, because it's so grounded in reality, and and you know, for us, it's about there's so yeah. many good actors out there as well. We feel like who are not Unknown. overexposed yeah. on TV, who you who you haven't seen in every in every sitcom, and there's a tendency for the same faces to crop up in mm. in series in, in both major and small parts. It's not often as an actor that a complete lack of fame 15 years into your career is a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> but after, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. There's a yeah. silver lining to that. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you had the BBC Points West guy in this one, didn't you? Nibsy. 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 Yeah. 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 Legend. Nibsy? Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. If you ever need someone to play Steve Nibs, I can really recommend Steve Nibs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, one up on the right. Some, yeah, yeah um, uh, wait, Big Mandy wasn't in this one, this, this special. No, I just wondered if she might be returning in Series 3. Yeah, I mean, I, definitely. We would have loved to have had her in the special, but I think uh, the story as it was, it, we just couldn't really find a way to fit her in. And, um, but, oh, yeah, I mean, there's a wealth of material with Big Mandy, so... <laughs> I mean, she deserves her own show, really. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she'll be coming back, of course. It was our one regret, not being able to find a place for her yeah. in the piece. But, yeah, yeah, definitely can't wait to, have her, to see more of Mandy in the next series. Mm. It was one of the first places you pointed out on the tour of the village. Yeah. I had a really nice day on my first, just after I was cast, and I had a day of rehearsal um, up in North Leach, and we did a bit of reading in the morning, and then we had lunch, and then all of these guys were like, right, we'll take you on the tour now. Mm. I was like, brilliant! And they took me around everywhere, and Big Mandy's was one of the first places on the tour, and I sort of wanted... To, I was like, that's where she puts her hands. It's <laughs> really cool. I, um, one of the, I mean, all the characters are brilliant. It's, it's really fantastic. One of, one of the, my favourites is the mum, and I just wondered... Um, 
how, without giving the magic away too much, how you actually get the, well, Daisy gets the timing to get that, that mum in, because is that Daisy doing it? Or, or no, is that giving the magic away Ivy too Woodcock. much? Ivy Woodcock. Ivy Woodcock. No, you're probably best explaining that. <laughs> Being director, you'd think you'd... Well, luckily, Sue Mucklow has no timing, basically. No, yeah. What we do is we pre-record it. So, yeah, typically what you do in the TV show is you'd record Daisy's lines, you'd have someone else read in with her for timing, and then you'd drop in the mum lines in the gaps in the edit, and you'd do it there. But I suppose, yeah, mainly in the spirit of realism, but also in... Um, we need mum and Kerry to overlap because they're never on the same page and they're always shouting over each other. So we record Daisy beforehand um, doing mum and then we play that in from upstairs. We have a speaker up the stairs, play that in. And she's usually... Sometimes they're separate cues, but usually it's like just a sort of yeah. play. It's a, it's a timed-out thing that plays through. And that means that Daisy can... Present Daisy can now uh, like shout over her, and they can and find the. T it's then down to to Daisy in the room to find the timing and, and make that work. Um, yeah, it sounds more complicated than it is. It's actually quite. It's straight. There is no works. greater joy than watching Daisy transform into Sue Mucklow. Yeah. <laughs> the where it comes from within, I don't know, but it's. Does she lock herself away to do it in a room, or do you all kind of stand around? No, we go to a. We usually do, we usually go to the place where we do the dub for the, oh, the show. Dub. But this time we went, to, I found a, <laughs> Francis found a. This is too much, Dave. This is boring. <laughs> we found a place in um, oh, on Tetbury. Oh, the studio. <laughs> what was it like? Was it good? It was in the middle of an industrial estate and it was a little bit like arriving at Trev's cabin. Because <laughs> it's just like, this doesn't feel right, but there was a very nice guy there and he recorded it. And we went home again. It always wrecks her voice, doesn't it? It's kind of... yeah, yeah, I mean, first series we did it, I think we recorded a week before we started filming. Yeah, yeah it's even not less. Really... It's not all the fags, it's, it's doing yeah, very I mean... smart voice. Um, yeah, she, she had a husky voice throughout the first series, and that was, well, smoking probably. <laughs> um, yeah. Is your real mum ever going to get no. involved? No. no. She's been in it already. Oh, yeah, there was, a young, there was a photo in the Uncle Nugget episode. <laughs> There's a uh, photo of her in her 20s holding a baby. And no, she, she, I mean, we've tried to get her like, in the background, but she would be mortified. She doesn't want to do it. No. Um, I think we've got time for maybe one more question, if someone's got the mic, yeah. Uh, as someone that lives in a rural village in Gloucestershire, it's amazing how you've nailed it. The <laughs> touch on the head is incredible. So my question is, um, what made you pick the mockumentary format and what part of, what stage of the development did you pick that format instead of conventional? Um, I think the mockumentary came later. I, we oh. never, um, me and Daisy never uh, initially wanted to, it to be mockumentary, obviously, because of stuff like The Office, and you don't want to be sort of categorised into that sort of um, genre of shows. And I think we wanted to do something that was real and really authentic and naturalistic and um, and stuff like that. And we were inspired by a lot of documentaries and stuff like Swansea Love Story, which the Vice documentary was amazing, and um, there's a 70s documentary called The Family, um, which is a huge influence on this. And then I think we, well, some of our first meetings with Simon, when we were talking about the show, the show we wanted to create, I think he was the one to suggest it being a mockumentary. And it was, of course, it makes sense because it's the r most real it can be in that format. So The key is that though you present those characters as real. And if you're 
because we were all a bit scared of mockumentary because of The Office. And you spend a lot of time talking around, okay, well, how do we achieve the same sort of naturalistic aesthetic? And as Charlie said, all the references were documentaries. Mm. And sooner or later you go, let's not try and reinvent the wheel. Let's just do this and do it as well as we can and make sure that we stick, really stick to the rules of documentary so that it doesn't become that slightly lazy comedy mockumentary thing where it's still cut like a comedy, but the camera just shakes a bit. Mm -hmm. And it works. We have to say that. Yeah. Thank <laughs> um, you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to all of you for answering questions. Um, just to say, it's going to be on BBC Three on Wednesday the 10th and then on BBC One on Sunday the 13th. So tell your friends, etc., etc. Thank you very much. Thank you.